0: Guy here from the Blood Red team. Hope you're all well, and sorry to interrupt, but we've just got a quick message for you before you get on with the episode that you're listening to. And while we don't have any football right now, here at Blood Red, we have got our own transfer news to let you know about. From now on, our podcast channel will be hosted on the Global Player app. Well, what does that mean? Well, don't worry. If you listen to us on any other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast, that's fine. But to get our pods quicker than anywhere else, you might want to download the Global Player app as our pods will be on there before they're released on any other player. The Global Player app is available to download on iOS and the Google Play Store or wherever it is you get your apps from. You can also find them at globalplayer.com. That's all from me. I'll let you get back on with the episode that you're expecting to hear.
1: This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
0: Well, whether at Anfield or in Madrid against Barcelona or Borussia Dortmund, Divock Origi has more than made his mark on the big occasion during his Liverpool career. And as the Belgian celebrates his 25th birthday today here on Blood Red, we're back with our second split Opinion podcast to discuss his future on Merseyside. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along to you, the listener or viewer, whichever platform you're joining us on. And uh, alongside me, Matt Addison. Matt, how are you? Very good, thanks, mate. Yeah,
2: ready to uh, celebrate Divock Origi's 25th
0: birthday in style inside my flat today. Unfortunately, we're all still stuck indoors. Yeah, we certainly are. And
1: Theo Squire's also with us. Theo, how are you? Not too bad. Cheers, mate. Just been warming up for it by watching uh, some of his more memorable goals back on loop. Uh, Quite a few highlights there. I'm sure we can all agree.
0: Yes, certainly.
1: As you say, his big moments on loop. You probably had to watch all 34 of his
0: Liverpool goals in that case. But (laughs) if you've not joined us before on Split Opinion, the first edition, we spoke all about Raheem Sterling. And this time, of course, we're going to be talking about Divock Origi. It works like this. Theo and Matt both take contrasting views and we basically have a good old-fashioned debate on the subject matter and this of course being whether or not Liverpool less than a year on from him scoring in the Champions League final against Tottenham and getting that brace against Barcelona at Anfield whether or not it's time for Liverpool to move on from the big Belgian Matt I think you're going to be the case for the defence of Origi staying Theo you perhaps looking more like it's time to move on and I suppose we'll, we'll throw that open to to you because a few people joining us will probably straight away be thinking you can't sell Divock Origi
1: <laughs> well my main argument is he's a big he's got this cult following isn't he? he's a fan favorite because of the big goals he scored but he's only got these this following because he's a bit naff you don't expect him to do it like when Liverpool were three 0 down against Barcelona they didn't have Firmino they didn't have Salah you got Divock Origi up front you think we're not going through here it's because it is so unexpected He's had these big moments. He's been effective. But like the Everton goal as well, you say, Hi, Steve Ocarigi, That's really funny. It's not as though Sadio Mane's got a last minute winner or something. He's just really unpredictable. He's a gangly looking player to um, watch. And he doesn't know what he's going to do. Never know mind what the fans think he's going to do, what Klopp thinks he's going to do, what defenders think he's going to do. He is not someone you can rely on for that very purpose. He was fine two years ago when Liverpool were trying to reach the top level. He's probably had his moments why he's been successful against Barcelona and that, because they don't expect it, because they don't know really much about him. But Liverpool are in a whole different class now. They need that next level up, and Divock Origi is not good enough for that level.
0: Matt, what do you have to say about that?
2: No, I completely understand Theo's concerns about, you know, not having the, the quality necessarily to be a backup. But for me, I think this isn't about sentiment. I think, you know, quite a lot of people obviously have fond memories of Divock Origi, but I don't think there's any room for that for Jurgen Klopp at this moment in time. I think this is more about having a bit of squad depth and, and you know, having that extra option. There's, there's For me, there's, there's no reason why someone like a, a Timo Werner or a Jadon Sancho couldn't come in and and be that fourth choice attacker but why would you sell Divock and, and make yourself that bit weaker in that area I mean there's there's no reason unless somebody came in with an absolutely crazily high offer for me why you would you would get rid of him I mean Theo there mentions the fact that he is a bit unpredictable and, and he doesn't really necessarily know what he's going to do next but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing I think you know, if, if he doesn't know what he's going to do next, then maybe the defender won't know either. And sometimes that can be a benefit. So, look, there's there's been so many, you know, big moments for him. And, you know, it, it's maybe not quite been at the same standard this season. But, you know, there's the still time for, for a couple of moments between now and the summer. And I'd be surprised if Liverpool were actively looking to to sell him.
0: Yeah, obviously at the back end of last season he came up with those huge moments the brace against Barcelona, the the goal against Tottenham Hotspur, as well as some big occasions even in the league. You think of the, the Newcastle United goal up at St James's Park, Theo, and also this season even in, in the Premier League, he's scored against Everton at Anfield once more. He loves a derby goal and he really has sort of taken I suppose the hearts of the Liverpool fans in the goals in A the games he's scored them in and B the moments at which he's popped up with them.
1: Yes, he has. He's definitely the man for the big occasion. Um, Liverpool have got so many moments where we'll be looking back in years to come, going Divacorini against Dortmund, Divacarini against Everton and all these clubs. But still one where Liverpool, if they're a top-quality team, which they are, they've got Sadio Mane who can do it, they've got Roberto Firmino who can do it, Mohamed Salah. They've all scored in big games too. And they're so much more consistent. There's so much more quality. And when you mentioned these games last year against Newcastle, Barcelona and that, That was when Jurgen Klopp was bringing on Origi as his striker, wasn't he? That was when we need a bit more physical, we need to be a bit more focal point in the attack. And Origi, put him up front, he's fine. He's all right when he's up front. This season, especially since Minamino's come in, you're looking at this team sheet when Origi's given his chance or when he's come off the bench thinking, oh, he'll go up front. No, he's just put on left wing and he doesn't like it. He's not very good out wide. It was the same in France, I think, when he had his year on loan back at Lille. He was voted in like the worst ranked team. It was the same in Germany when he was out wide. He just can't do it. He's one. Well, it's all right having him there, but it's like what square peg in a round hole. It doesn't quite fit. Um, Liverpool they've got some good youngsters who coming through who can play out wide like Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott. They went and signed Timo Werner. Well, if he's on the bench, you're bringing him on. He's going up front. There isn't room for Divock Origi in his natural position there. So it doesn't matter that he's done it before and he's counted before and Liverpool have got all these moments. If he just doesn't quite fit at the moment, it's working on, around him to get the best out of him. And why would you work a team around Divock Origi to get the best out of him when you've got Salah, Firmino, Mane and whoever else comes in the summer, whoever's coming through the ranks?
0: Yeah, Liverpool did the deal what, after the 2014 World Cup when he rose sort of to, to prominence for playing for Belgium then madness that that obviously six years ago now he was only 19 at the time Matt he's he's only 25 today surely I I imagine part of the reason you'd happily like to see him stay is the fact that in theory his best years should still be ahead of him
2: yeah definitely I mean it 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 is surprising when you think how long he's been at Liverpool and, and been around sort of within football that he is still only 25 and as you say his best years are to come and I think if Liverpool were hypothetically to to come out and say they 'd be happy to to sell him for a certain price, I think you know, there'd be a fair few clubs who who would take an interest in him just because of you know his age and the goals that he's scored in the past. I think you know it, it, obviously he 's not at the same level as, as liverpool 's first choice front three, but you know those three can 't play week in week out at some point one of them is going to get injured or or need a rest or that sort of thing and you know, there's, there's certain games this season, particularly in in the sort of cup competitions, where you think you know Divock Origi quite easily could have come into the team. And you know, look, the the EFL Cup and the FA Cup are not massive priorities for Liverpool. But if you kept someone like Origi around and and strengthened that fourth choice attacker, maybe knock him down to being the fifth choice, those sorts of of games he could play and and sort of take on a bit more of a leadership role. I think you know, short term for for the next twelve months. He'd be quite happy with that. Maybe, you know, in in 2021, he might look at it and say maybe he's not getting as much football as as he would like at that stage of his career. And maybe then you would look to move him on. But for me right now, as, as long as he's happy, he seems to be a popular player in the dressing room. And as you say, he's only just turned 25 today. So why not keep him around and just see if that consistency can come as he enters the peak years of his career?
1: I'd say, though, that why should Liverpool accept a drop off of quality? Like We've looked at Manchester City so enviously for so many years going. They've got so much quality, not just in the starting eleven, It's on the bench as well. So if you've got Sergio Aguero up front, who's coming off the bench? Gabriel Jesus. They can switch between those two easily and you don't see a difference. It's just a quality attack. Rigi doesn't offer that. And I'd argue that he's probably at that stage now where he's thinking, I'm not playing enough here. Like he was... What, out of contract this summer, if he hadn't signed the new contract last summer, um, he probably scored those important goals and thought, oh, this is going to be my season, I'm going to kick on, I'm going to have opportunities. But apart from scoring against Norwich, it's been a false start for him. He's not stepped up the way he'd have wanted to. He's not contributed the way he would have wanted to. It might be time for him to look to move on for his own sake. But the year is being pushed back here. He's got international hopes to keep an eye on as well. And he's going to be a bit unsettled, isn't he, by Liverpool being with like Timo Werder and all this. The only thing you could potentially argue from sticking around is you've got the Cup of Nations, so there is going to be that month where he's out. But if Liverpool do go and sign Timo Werner, he's not going to be the one getting those opportunities. It's a very difficult one for him to um, come and assess what he wants to do. But Liverpool have had him six years now, and we've been waiting and waiting for him to take it up, find that consistency, and it hasn't happened. Like When he went to Germany on loan, he nearly got relegated. He's just not quite doing it on a consistent enough basis to play for a club like Liverpool. And also, when you're looking at it, I'm sort of forgetting my point as I'm going along here, but saying it, but I, come back to me. It was on my mind, tip of my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you, Theo. Oh, yeah. got your tongue. He's always straight up with, with an opinion. We'll be back
0: to you as soon as you, you, you get it back, Theo. <laughs> but in terms of De Origi, then, we seem to
1: be... Got a, you've got it? Go on then, take the floor. Yeah. Right. Last summer, Liverpool wanted, what, 25, 30 million for him. He was linked to Wolves, a couple of other teams. No one wanted to pay that money. This summer, if someone came and said 30 million, I think the Cubs would take that. So he's definitely done it. If you wait another year, I reckon it could be back to square one. Because if he's got another season where he's not quite playing as much, he's not scoring as much, you're not going to say, Yeah, he's worth it now, because that's another year less in his legs. Strikers' peak, this the stage he is at now, this age. So he wants to have as much time at his peak as possible. So it's one where it's probably the best for both the parties to think, oh, maybe it is time for him to go and get his game time. Is for a buying club to come in and say he's at his peak now. He could be what we're looking for in that sort of mid-table range in the league. And for you to just go and get game time, um, if I want to give an example here, it's a bit different. Daniel Sturridge, last season, pre-season, he had a really good pre-season. We thought, oh, great, he's back. We can see the real Daniel Sturridge again. Started the season well, and then it just didn't happen for him. That's how I've seen Origi's year this year. Storage obviously left. Liverpool look to the future. They moved on. I reckon with the way Minamino's coming in, Origi getting less opportunities, Klopp's potentially doing the same again.
2: No, I, can, I completely understand that point. And, you know, it's hard to disagree with the fact that if Divock Origi thinks it's best for his career, then, you know, maybe he will move on. But the thing for me that, that maybe points towards that not being the case this summer is that, you know, Liverpool have... Have sort of intimated that they'd be prepared to take 28 million for, for Zerden Shakiri. they've not really denied any of the the rumors about him leaving whereas with Divock Origi there's not really been any stories there's no price tag been set there's no sort of intimation up to this point that you know that he wants to leave the club and I just think that you know if he was being primed for an exit this summer we probably would have heard about it already That's not to say that, you know, maybe coronavirus has has interrupted that or or anything like that. But, you know, so far, what we've heard is is that he's pretty much prepared to stick around this summer.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: If you are looking to to sell him, then I suppose it's where someone like Michael Edwards really comes into their fall. Because... You mentioned the Shakiri price tag there, if it was £28 million or or thereabouts. Even just thinking back to Dom Solanke, for example, going to Bournemouth for best part of £20 million. Pounds, would that not indicate, Theo, that you'd probably even set the bar maybe at £40 million pounds or so for Origi, given he's only 25, given he has come up with these big moments? And then it's actually whether the clubs are going to take him off your hands because he's not really, over the course of his career... He's not really got the biggest track record in terms of really appealing to clubs. I mean, his best return for Liverpool in the league was the 16-17 season and he scored just seven goals in that season.
1: Exactly. That's why you can say, oh, he's worth this price because of what Shaqiri's done or whatever they've sold before. But Dominic Sayanki, for example, he was a younger player and Bournemouth have got a track record for giving Liverpool city fees. Um and that was at a time when more prem- there was the premiership, Premier League sorry, money from Sky, from BT, and football was on the up with finances. We saw that Neymar deal just completely change the market. If Mbappe went this summer and everything was normal, it probably changed the market again. But we've got this pandemic going on where we think football is going to take a little of a sting from it. Finances aren't going to be the same for clubs. They're not going to be able to go out and spend £40 million for a player. Who uh, they're not really able to guarantee is going to be a twenty goal a season striker for him to step up and do it for the first time. Uh, this why we've seen him from Liverpool recently. They don't go and spend big money willy nilly on players anymore. They look for those shrewd uh, signings that they can make the bargains. The ones think actually that's a really good price for that player. So Minamino obviously got him for just over seven million. There's been all these talk of Timo Werner being going for 52 million because that's, what, half the price of Jadon Sancho, Kai Havertz. I think it's a big ask to say you can get at 40 million for a Origi by that comparison. Um, Klopp is loyal to his players. Obviously, Liverpool, they're a business. They'll want to get the best price possible for every single player. But Klopp is not afraid of going to one. Fair enough. You've done your time with us. You've served us well. You've not had the game time you'd have liked. I'd like to have given you more. It's just not happened you can go and we won't stand in your way. Like I think to, um, these are lowest spell ones, Lucas Slaver, Ragnar Klavan. But there have been more as well. He does not stand in the player's way if they've been a loyal servant and they'll go with his blessing. And it's a it's crossroads for Reedy now. It's either he's got to step up next season and show he can be this 20-goal season striker, which he won't get the opportunity to do at Liverpool, or he's just got to settle that he's always going to be a bit part player.
0: Is that where this decision is then, Matt, really, that actually it's probably with the player and and dependent on how much he wants to play? Because if your argument is you want to keep him round because he's got quality, he's shown that to come up with moments for Liverpool. That's all well and good. But is he at 25 really going to want to sit and be perhaps the fifth choice option in that forward three?
2: Yeah, I think it it is entirely down to him. I think it is with... with Pretty much every player, to be honest, at Liverpool. We've seen those who want to leave have been allowed to do so and there's no reason to think that arehi would be any different. But it's one of those things. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with the, the transfer window this summer. Liverpool, you know, sort of stayed with with what they had last summer and went again and it worked for them. So I think Liverpool are, are maybe in a position where they're not going to be desperate to, to find deals and where other clubs are, are scrabbling around trying to find improvements to their squad. I think Liverpool if you said to Jurgen Klopp you've got to start next season with the exact same squad that you've got this season i think you know he'd be quite happy to to do that so you know liverpool i think in an ideal world will bring one or two players in but that's you know it, there's nothing certain at this stage in terms of what they can bring in we don't know at this moment what's going to happen with with Timo Werner and his release clause possibly being pushed back or or anything like that you know we just don't know the, the financial situation of the summer window and, and who's going to be moving where. So it might just be the, the safest option for Liverpool to to reassess, not make any rash decisions and, and go and spend big. And, you know, look, they're on target to, to win the Premier League by 25 points or whatever it's going to be this season. And Origi's been a big part of the squad over the last couple of seasons. So there's no reason
1: why they can't win trophies next season if he is still a part of the squad. Last couple of seasons, yes. Not really this season, though. There's, what, two, three Premier League goals? One of them on the opening day against Norwich from Sadio Mane was away. Obviously, he always gets his goal against Everton. But you've got to look at this Liverpool squad now. And it's one where if they don't get Timo Werner, because of whatever reasons with the current market as it is, they've still got plenty of options there. He probably Klopp turns to ahead of him. Like Minamino, I think Liverpool fans thought they were getting uh, this reserve to Mane, didn't they? You thought he was going to be playing more out wide. But Klopp seems to think of him as more this reserve for Firmino. And with Origi, it was always, weren't as effective because he doesn't fit the front three. The team's not as fluid with him, but he can get you this big moment. Whereas Minimino is moulding him to, oh, we can't play Firmino this week, but it's all right because he's carbon copy almost. And then it's one where, well, if you've got Minimino there and he can play out wide or he can play up front, he's now ahead of Origi in the pecking order. So that means Origi's already fifth choice. And then you think, well, Rian Bruce is coming back from his own spell. Do you want to block him like he's nineteen 1920 if you want a young player to play in the cup games who could get you a few goals who's a bit of a loose cannon and you don't know what he's going to do on the pitch, he's probably your better one to be that bit of untapped potential at the moment and then, like I mentioned earlier you still got Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliot because if you really wanted to play Trent further forward, there are options there without having to go to rigi and with Liverpool um, it's all very well saying Flamino's the striker and then it's rigi but if Liverpool lose Firmino to injury, it's not, oh, Origi's going to go up front. It's Minamino's going to go up front or Mane's going to go up front or Salah's going to go up front and then we'll put someone else out wide.
0: But it's one of the yeah, one think... of the points, i was just going to jump in there, Matt, just to go back to Theo. On one of the points in terms of the Liverpool squad, we see so many games that Liverpool have to play in season in season out. Klopp's spoken about that a lot. Although the front three rarely miss a game. Should you sell Origi? and one of those do get injured, whether it be Mane, whether it be Firmino, know your arguments more, actually you see him as a centre-forward. Albeit he's unpredictable and he's a bit unreliable at times. Whilst he's 25 and he has played in these big moments, would he not be more of a safe bet to go with over perhaps a Ryan Brewster, 19, 20-year-old kid who is yet to make a, a first-team real sort of senior start for Liverpool?
1: It'd be safer in the sense of like Premier League games, but Origi is still not that go to option in those scenarios if it happens anyway. Like we've seen Firmino miss games, we've seen Mane Salah miss games, whether injured or whatever. And since the turn of the year, it's Minimino he turns to. Like was it, which one of the games was it? The midweek one where Mane came off injured really early on and Minimino came on straight away. Was it like Wolves or yeah, something?
0: Yeah, Wolves away, I think you're on about, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's like, well, Klopp isn't turning to Origi anymore. And then if we're saying uh, Liverpool have another summer where they don't sign anyone, which we're not expecting, well, why is this position going to change when Klopp's looking forward and these are the players he's turning to more and more? And then if you bring in someone else in, he's still not going to turn to Origi. So it's all very well having him in case you need him. But when he's so far down the pecking order, it's better to have that squad option for a Brewster who is still learning his trade more than a player who could potentially get unhappy. He wants to play football. He's been in this squad option for so long now and he's got the Euros on his mind and he'll think, hey, I've just scored in the Champions League final last year. I've scored against Barcelona. I've got a bit about me and I'm still not getting the opportunity now. When am I going to get the opportunity?
0: Yeah, you just wonder then, if actually signing that, what was it, new four-year contract last summer, whether that actually didn't do him the world of good, because effectively, with, with the environment we're in now, you don't know if Liverpool are going to want to accept a perhaps reduced fee with a player who's still got a long time on his contract to run. But we'll wrap things up then. Matt, we'll, we'll go to you for your sort of final argument on just why really you think it's crucial that Liverpool keep Divock Origi. and I don't know whether our colleague Kiva O'Neill or not has started building a statue for him, because if she <laughs> has, then that might need to get taken down quite quickly.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, my final point to I me mean, is, is almost to, to pick on, on something that, that, that Theo said there about Minamino's position and, and sort of seeing him as this, the central player. I think up to now we have seen Minamino play through the middle, um, but I think that's more just been the sort of easiest position for him to pick up at this moment in time in terms of bedding him into the squad. I don't think necessarily that that Klopp sees him exclusively as a as a number 9 going forward. I think Minamino can play on the right, on the left. He can play even as a number 8 in midfield as well. So I, I don't think necessarily that that once Minamino gets used to playing in this Liverpool team that he will always play through the middle. I think, you know, Origi could could slot into that. Position quite easily and and have Minamino elsewhere on the pitch, even if he is ahead of him in that pecking order. But, you know, for for me, it all comes back to to what Divock wants. I don't think it would look particularly good for Liverpool to be shunting him out of the back door after what he's done for for Jurgen Klopp over the last few months and the last couple of seasons. So, look, if if Divock is desperate to leave, I think Liverpool will let him leave. But I don't see that, that that will be the case this summer, Maybe next summer, but but certainly not for the time being. Do I get a final word
1: as well? Yeah, I was gonna say Theo over over to you. <laughs> Matt, one question. Your Jürgen Klopp, D. Velcarini, or Timo Werner.
0: Well, of
2: course I would go with Timo Werner, but there's Enough no guarantee
1: said. there's no guarantee that the Liverpool will be
0: able to sign Werner this summer. <laughs> I think Matt I think Matt going- quite clearly, once once both Werner and Arigi. but it's whether and how Klopp is able to, to juggle that and keep both happy well guys thanks a lot for your time and on Divock Origi whether it is the final chapter and things are over he's left Liverpool with some absolutely fantastic memories Everton Newcastle Barcelona Borussia Dortmund the list goes on but he could yet yeah certainly yeah in Madrid he could yet still though <laughs> be able to uh, write a few more during his time at Anfield. We'll have to wait and see how that all does play out. But from us here at Split Opinion on the Blood Red channel, that's all we've got time for for now. So until next time, bye for now.
1: You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool
0: Echo.